we have been on a series called The Essentials. Someone say The Essentials. Yeah, you know why The Essentials are important? Because they're essential, Parker. Oh my gosh, why? Wow, you see what I did there, right? No, listen, The Essentials is basically saying, hey, if you want to survive in this world as a young person, And have a heart for God and not make it just six months or a year, but to make it the rest of your life, you're going to need to know some essential truths. You're going to need to know something that is from the Word of God. So uh, if you're taking notes, uh, go ahead and pull out your notebook, your pen. If you don't have a notebook or a pen, pull out your phone. If you don't have a phone, you're lying, okay? So I just, I mean, okay, maybe not, maybe not. Uh, this generation, I don't know, everyone's like, yeah, I got, I got a phone when I was eight. My dad was like, you can get a phone whenever you can pay for it and the service. I said, yes, dad. All right. But today we're going to be talking about sacrifice. And, uh, man, I'm just real excited. So if y'all would just, uh, as you're getting your notes ready, bow your head and pray with me. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness and love, God. We thank you. Look, God, just off for, for your son, Jesus. God, I just thank you right now for your Holy Spirit, God, that empowers us. Lord, and I just pray right now, God, that for this next 25 minutes, God, that your Holy Spirit would begin speaking to hearts. God, not not just to me, God, that people wouldn't just hear my voice, but God, I pray right now that in this room you would begin speaking to people, God, maybe those that have never heard your voice before. In Jesus' precious name, all God's people said, amen. Okay, y'all, so here we go. We're going to open up on uh, Genesis uh, chapter 22. Now, it's going to be a bit of a long read, okay? But, but trust me, we're going somewhere. So please don't tune out. We're going to go ahead and go to Genesis chapter 22. We got that on the screen. All right, we're going a long way. I think we're ending, uh, yeah, verse like 16. All right, so here we go. Now, it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey, and he took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and then we will come back to you. Yonder. My grandfather says that all the time. That has nothing to do with Jesus. It just stuck out to me. Like down yonder. Anyways, verse 6. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Verse 9. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his son and took the knife to slay his son. But then the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. 
And he said, do not lay your hand on the ladder. Do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went up and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. We'll just pause right there. But man, who's your first time really reading this through? And like, man, I've never actually read this story. I've never heard that. I see a couple hands. Come on, don't be ashamed. Okay. I see hands going up a little bit. First off, is that just so weird or is that weird? Is that just, you're like, what? That's in a Bible? Like, God is telling people to go sacrifice their children? What is going on? And this is actually incredible because this is the story of Abraham. I don't know if you know this, but three of the world's greatest religions all claim Abraham as their father. And and let me put this in numbers for you. That means 56% of all anyone in the world that says they're religious, they look to Abraham as the father of their faith. You say, what are you talking about? This story is one of the most incredible examples of faith you will ever see. And we're gonna dissect it and go through here in just a minute. So here's what I want you to do. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, when God says your name, listen. When God says your name, listen. This is so cool. When we first started reading in chapter 22, it says, Now it came to pass after these things, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham. Sometimes we just read over that, like, 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 check this out. God called out him by name. Does anyone here have a mother, you know, or you have someone that, like, acts like a mother? Whenever your mother uses your full name, you know something's going down, okay? You know something is going down. You know people about to die. You know furniture about to break. You know belts about to come out, switches, okay? Whenever, whenever your mother uses your full name, okay, so me and my wife, we, we are having a baby, all right? And this, this baby's coming August 11th. It's the due date. We're so excited. And people say, what's, what's the name of my child? His name is going to be Bo Jackson Gordon, and people go, wow, that's cool. Why that name? Because it's easy to yell. Bo Jackson Gordon! I mean, it just, it rolls off the tongue. That way, when he's out, I can, he knows he's in trouble. It's real simple. Do you know the only thing worse than hearing your mother use your full name? Is not hearing your mother use your full name. <laughs> Listen, whenever your mother's on the warpath and she uses your full name, that's bad. But when she's on the warpath and she uses your name and you're not anywhere near, I don't know about you guys, but in my house, that meant that when you got back, it wasn't like, like instant death. It meant that it was like that cruel, slow, like, you know, you're getting grounded and you're getting switched and dad's coming home with the belt. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how it was in your house. My family was big and disciplined. They're like, okay, well. My dad quoted that verse to me, beat him, you know, in doing so, you'll save his soul from destruction. Well, I could quote that when I was eight years old. Because, where am I going with this? Whenever you hear your name called, you know something's important. And we can just skip past this passage and go, oh, Abraham heard his name. This is so cool. God is actually calling out to you right now today by name. 
And if you are, are, are not, we, we sang about it where we're in the presence of God and how awesome that is. And this is what is amazing. You as a young person right now in 2020, God is calling out your name. If, 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 if Abraham had not heard God calling out his name, the story would have never happened. And I just want to tell you, if you miss this part in your Christian walk, this is the most essential thing you can know. You need to learn how to hear God's voice. And we talk about verse 15 and getting in the Word for five minutes and opening up this Bible and reading it. Or we talk about getting in worship for five minutes, turning everything else off and putting on a song and just going, God, I love you, I worship you. Or getting in prayer for five minutes. Listen, you start to learn to hear the voice of God. Because God is calling your name, but some of us aren't listening. God is calling out to you, and some of us are missing it because we never got the essentials down. And you may be going, what, man, Pastor Jesse, this has been kind of my first time here, and you're saying God actually speaks to you? Yes, he does. God will speak to you by the power of his Holy Spirit, and God will, will, will lead you and guide you all throughout your life because he is just that good, and he is that awesome. When we talk about sacrifice, this is what's crazy. God spoke to Abraham and then told Abraham what he wanted him to do. This is crucial. Some people spend their whole life sacrificing things to God that he never asked them to sacrifice. That's called religion. That's called, gosh, God, I'm trying to do something good. So you know what, maybe let me sacrifice this thing to you. Let me maybe give a little money and then I won't feel bad. Maybe, God, I'll come to church just a couple times and then my conscience won't feel bad. And we start to do all these things going, God, look, I'm giving you sacrifices. I'm, I'm doing something. Yeah, I showed up. I did something nice to that guy. But listen, God is not after just an action. God is after your heart. And this, this is where this is so defining because what Abraham did was crazy. And, and this is what's, 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 what's nuts is that sometimes people do crazy things in the name of God. And sometimes they have nothing to do with God. You know, if one of you come up to me next week and you're like, yeah, I was praying and God told me to kill my little brother. I'm just going to tell you, that's not from God, okay? You know how I know that? Because in the word of God, he says, man, we don't hate each other. We love each other. You know why I know racism's bad? Not because someone else is saying it. It's because God said it in the word. I didn't need someone to tell me that. I knew that. You know why? Because God never changes. He's the truth from beginning to end. And if you don't know the word, you'll end up doing crazy things in the name of God. When God speaks, listen. This story, God tested Abraham. And we're going to find out what happened. Listen, when God says your name, listen. Number two is this. God wants what my heart wants most. God wants what my heart wants most. This is crazy. Because God says, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice something. And do you know what that is? It's not money. Abraham was rich. He had lots of money. He had lots of, in those days, in the grand, he had animals, and he had tents, and he had all the stuff, the Balenciagas. I don't know if they had those back then. Uh, but, but he had it all. And you know what God said? God said, I want your son. I want your beloved son. I want the thing that you love 
the most. Does anyone here know the first commandment that God gave to the children of Israel in, in Exodus chapter 20? What's the first commandment? Someone yell it out. Oh, Lord, help us. Someone yell it out with some authority. Thou shalt have no other. We're all going to say that together as a group so that we can just get that in our hearts. Thou shalt have no other God before me. That is the first commandment given. And this, this is what is so crazy. You see, God is a jealous God. This is what the Bible says. And if there is anything that you are putting in front of God, God has a problem with that. Because God loves you so much. It's kind of like this. So I had, I had four brothers and sisters, okay? And, um, you know, we grew up in a family that, like, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of money. We, you know, my, you know, we would get, like, the 50-pound bag of cereal with, like, the scoop, you know? And then, like, once that's done, you get, like, the coupon at the bottom, turn it back in for another 50-pound bag of, you know, uh, Wheatios, hey, <laughs> you know, and so, so as we're eating our Wheatios, if, if this is like every year for Easter, my grandmother looked at us poor, desperate children would buy us all this, this, this chocolate, okay, like all this stuff, like bags of chocolate, and we didn't know that. She gave it to my mom, who hid it all and gave us all like one candy bar, okay, and so I'm not joking, y'all. This is a true story. I would take my candy bar and I would freeze it because. I'm like, this chocolate bar is going to have to last me like six months, okay? And do you know what would happen? After like a month, everyone has eaten all their candy. And boy, I'd go out there, I'd pull that chocolate bar out. And I'd be like, oh man, I can't wait to dive into this thing. First off, if you've never frozen chocolate and eaten it, you need to try it. It will change your life, okay? I open it, I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, and I open up the package. And do you know what I find? Half a chocolate bar, okay? All right, because my family sneaks in and would eat it. Yes, they would. All right, but as soon as I got something like that, do you know all my siblings all of a sudden were my best friends? All of a sudden, you know, before they were like giving me swirlies and like, you know, uh, rest. Uh, no, they were like, hey, Jess, hey, brother, hey, I love you. Wow, you're so nice. Because as soon as I had something, they were coming to get it. Try eating ice cream with four siblings, you know what I mean? It's like, ooh, where you got that? I got to have it. Because there's something in the heart that goes, man, they got something I don't have. And there's a jealousy there. Like, I want it. This is what's crazy. God wants your heart. That's what he's jealous after. And, and that's why God answered people so different. You see, the rich young ruler is this guy who came to God, and he said, God, I got all this money. I got all this power. And he said, Jesus, hey, check it out. I've done a lot of good things. What do I need to do to, to be, you know, godly? And he thought he had everything together. And Jesus said, okay, I want you to go and give all your money away. Bible says the man went away poor, or, or went, went, away, went away sad. You know why? Because he loved money more than he loved God. Some of us, we have an Isaac in our life. We have something that we love, and we say, you know what, God, I love this more than you. See, Abraham, that son meant his promise. That son meant that he would have lots of kids and his name would go on forever. And in that day, the more sons you had, the more of a man you were, the more prestige you had. And he had all these things. And God said, I want you to give me the thing that you want the most. And for some of you, God is saying, hey, listen, there's, there's, some, there's some desires in your heart. You want that relationship. 
and you're willing to do anything to get it. No, no, no. You, you may want that, that. You may put that friendship as more important than God. You know, your sports team at school, you know, maybe, maybe you put that in front of God. Maybe, maybe the fact that you want to be famous and you say, you know what, God, maybe the fact that, you know what, God, I want to be cool and I want to be accepted and I want to be on the in crowd. And so, God, I'm willing to do any of this stuff so I can be cool. And God says, no, 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 you're missing it. I want your heart. God asks Abraham for the thing in his heart that was the deepest, that was the thing that he loved most. We're moving quickly. Point number three. God does not want a religious sacrifice. He wants a living sacrifice. If you would turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says this, I beseech you, therefore, if you don't know what that word means, beseech, it means, hey, I implore you, I really want you to hear this. I, I implore you, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Listen, I kind of went through a lot of stuff so I could get to this point right here, and I really believe this is... This is the heart of what I believe God wants to speak to some of you tonight. And it's this. Listen, God took Isaac and said, Abraham, I want you to give me your son. And I don't know if you remember the story, but they took Isaac. And do you remember what they did? You know, he tied him up. He literally, he tied him all sorts of ways. It says it bound him. He tied him together. And then he put him on the altar. And listen, a religious sacrifice says, God, I'm going to do one thing at one time in order to please you. Do you know that uh, to be a, a Jehovah's Witness, what they say is, listen, if you want to please God, you have to be a missionary for two years. And after you're done, you don't have to ever worry about it ever again. You've checked your box, you're good, and then you can do on whatever you want with your life. Some religious kind of ideas is go, hey, listen, if you just show up to church, that's it. You just show up to radiate on Wednesday nights, and that's all God wants for you. Some people say, hey, God just wants your money. You just give God money, and that makes him happy, and he's good with that. This is what is crazy. God says, I want you to take Isaac. I want you to bind whatever that is up, and I want you to put that on the altar. Abraham takes his knife. This is so crazy. This is so insane. He takes his knife to get ready to murder his own son. And then God calls from heaven and says, stop. I have a sacrifice. Abraham, listen. You took whatever was in your heart. You took whatever thing that was holding you back that you had put in front of God. And listen, you've given it to me. So do you know what I'm going to do? This is insane. This is so cool. Isaac was a sacrifice. And in one moment, he went from being a sacrifice to being a living sacrifice. One moment, he was bound up and tied on an altar. And then the next moment, all of a sudden, he was a sacrifice that was alive and was set free. And now, this is what's crazy. 
when you read the Old Testament, do you know they don't say the God of Abraham? They say the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And we sing this song that said, hey, and to your, may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations, and your family, and your children. You know what's crazy? The lineage from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob comes all the way down to Jesus Christ, and then to you and me right here in this building today. Do you see how the sacrifice that was there has lived all the way now to this moment in this place. God doesn't want a religious sacrifice. He wants a living sacrifice. He wants, he wants, he wants what you have. God doesn't want just a moment on a Sunday. God wants your Monday and your Tuesday and your Wednesday and your Thursday. God wants a living sacrifice. You may say, okay, well, that sounds great. How does this apply to me? We can go to Romans if we can pull that up. I know this is kind of heavy and I know this is kind of intense. But listen, when you understand what sacrifice really means, I believe that it is something that will, that will take you essentially the rest of your life. When you say, God, I'm giving it all. I'm giving it everything I have. God takes that sacrifice and he makes it something that is eternal. If we can go to Romans chapter 6, verse 4. This is super cool. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. It goes on to say that whenever you put your faith in Christ, you go from being buried with Christ to being resurrected with Christ. And this is what's crazy. You look at Isaac. You look at Jesus. They gave everything. And what did God do? He didn't let him sit there. He didn't let him decay. He resurrected them. And I just believe for some of us tonight, there are things that we feel like, God, I'm going through corona and I feel tied up. God, I feel messed up. God, I'm just trying to live my life, and I feel like that the people that were supposed to love me have hurt me. I feel like that the things in my life that I thought were going to be good, they seem to have left me empty and broken. And God, I feel like I'm on an altar, and, and, and the, the person that was supposed to care for me has, has tied me up, and I don't understand, God, how can you still be good with all this suffering? How can you still be good with all of these things that are in my heart that are hurting and going on? But in one moment, we go from being something that's dead, and then we receive the life of Jesus Christ in our heart. We receive all of a sudden instead of being dead, instead of being tied up, we are set free because of the sacrifice of Jesus. When you put your faith in Jesus, when you say, Jesus, I'm giving you everything. Jesus, I, I, I want you to take my heart. Listen, God comes. The Bible says this. It says that he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. God doesn't leave you bound up on an altar. God takes the things in your heart, the things in your life, and he uses them as a testimony of what God will continue to do forever. 
And listen, I just believe some of you students radiate tonight. I just believe that there are things that you've been holding back from God. I believe there are sacrifices. Hey, I'm not, I'm not in this to earn favor with God. I'm in this because, God, I'm, I'm hurt and messed up and broken. And guess what? Jesus, I believe you have a better sacrifice. I believe in what you've done on the cross and that now your righteousness is mine. So, Jesus, today I give you, God, everything. Isaac went from being a sacrifice to a living sacrifice. It's just such a crazy picture. Abraham hears from God, I want you to give me my son. They ride for three days. On the third day, he looks up and sees the place of sacrifice. Listen, the greatest sacrifice that ever took place was whenever God the Father sent his only son to a world that was broken and messed up. And they took him and they, 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 they beat him and they pulled out his beard and he suffered. And they killed him on a cross, on an altar. And then after three days of being in a tomb, lifeless and dead, God raised up Jesus, our Savior, our Lord. And now, by faith, now the righteousness of Christ becomes ours. Now by faith, those that were broken find healing. Now by faith, those that were bound up now find freedom. Now by faith, the poor now become rich in Christ because of the sacrifice of Jesus. I know this is a deep message. I know this is a weighty message. But listen, Jesus is the sacrifice. That's the, that's, the, that's the whole picture, is that instead of Isaac actually having to die, God said, no, that was never my plan to begin with. My plan was always to provide the sacrifice. My plan was always to provide Jesus. The Bible says that from the foundations, before the foundations of the world, the lamb was slain. God had a plan for you and for me before anything ever happened, before we ever messed up, before we ever sinned, before we ever got tied up and messed up. God had a plan for you and for me. If you guys could stand up, please. All right, well. I think our piano's out, but it's actually kind of cool. Listen, we talked a lot about the altar tonight. And, you know, tonight we can't open up, you know, some traditionally you would say, we're going to come to the altar and people would come to the front and they would, they would come down. But, you know, we can't because of COVID. But this is what is so awesome. We, we don't need an altar like this for God to work in our lives. And what I'm going to ask you guys to do tonight is going to be a little different. You're all standing up. You have a seat. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. Not now, but in a minute. I'm going to ask you to turn around if you want to and kneel at your seat and make an altar right where you're standing. And I, I believe there are a couple people in here. Some of you, you've been holding on to something. Some of you, you know, you've said, God, I have something that I love more than you. Could be sin. Could be a good thing. Could be relationship or, or your family 
But you know, you're saying, God, I, I put something that's more important than you. And God, tonight I need to lay that on the altar. Some of you tonight, I believe, need to hear God's voice. The same way he would call out Abraham and he would say, here I am. I think some of you need a here I am moment tonight. Where when God speaks to your heart, you go, God, I heard your voice. Here I am. Speak to my heart. And I believe some of you are hurting. Some of you, man, you've been so jacked up. You've been so messed up by the people in your life that, that you thought were going to love you and care for you. Man, some of you, you, I mean, God, I've been so hurt by so many people. I feel like I'm tied up. I feel like I'm on an altar and I got no life. I believe God wants to bring healing. God wants to bring restoration. God wants to do something in your heart that is so fresh and so new that, man, people look at you and go, what happened to them? So here's what I'm going to ask for you to do tonight. If you want to make an altar at your seat, we're going to take about five minutes. I want you to turn around right now. I want you to kneel at your chair. Look, the kneeling, it doesn't, it's not some magical thing. No, it's just helping you concentrate. You're saying, God, I want to physically respond with my heart, with my body of what you're doing in my heart. Listen, God is calling your name. So this is so crazy. My job is not to tell you what God has for you. My job is to help you find the one who will tell you what he has for you. You don't need a pastor up here to tell you. Listen, God can speak and will speak directly to you tonight. The same way he called out Abraham, he's calling out your name. And you may not hear an audible voice, but you may feel your heart something inside of it just it's called the holy spirit it's just the presence of god that begins to reach and begins to touch those areas that are so broken and hurt god may put a, a strong feeling that says i love you you may just become overwhelmed with with this sense of of, of this well, i don't even know what this is it's, it's the glory of jesus and the presence of god that may he just want to heal you tonight some of you, the Holy Spirit is speaking of things that you need to give up. Some of it's sin. Some of it's relationships. Some of it's things that you know you put in front of God. And God right now is putting his finger on it. And he's saying, I'm asking you to give this to me tonight, right now. And listen, let me tell you, do it. Give it to God. Give it to God. Just do it. Just surrender. Just surrender. Just say, God, you made this sacrifice for me, so now it is my reasonable service to give you everything. God, right now we come, Jesus, before you, and we say, God, we give you everything on this altar. All of our hurts, all of our brokenness, all of our talents, all of the things we love and we put in front of you, Jesus, we give it all to you. Jesus, would you redeem it? Would you resurrect all the brokenness and the hurt and the pain? Would you bring life? We're going to sing a song. 